Hi, this is the Zim's podcast. I don't have any formal introduction. I usually just get to talking. Um, what I thought I'd talk about today uh, is this new reality that we live in, this new unbelievable reality. It's strange to think that only a week and a half ago we were part of the continuous timeline that made sense, that was sort of this logical extension of Western culture where things just happened in a way that we've always expected them to happen, a reality that made continuous sense. And then all of a sudden we hit the awareness in our Western culture of uh, this uh, coronavirus, and after bungling sort of what our decision on how to deal with it, we eventually got to a point where we decided we are going to practice social distancing. And now things are completely different in every way. I mean, you can see it in the way that we do things. I um, was driving home from the store and you just take a look at where cars are parked and what people are doing. These businesses, uh, like, uh, like a theater. Theaters never close. They don't close on Christmas. They don't close on New Year's. They don't close on Thanksgiving. They're always open. And to see the theater in town here in Spanish Fork with absolutely nobody here, nobody there it's unbelievable and you know and then that's just one place you see that with everything else and that's just a visual representation of everything we're going through and what's so strange is we're all going through this when we've had tragedies in my lifetime like 9 11 um, you know hurricanes or natural disasters that happened they've always been localized in a certain location And the rest of the nation would grieve with our brothers and sisters in different parts of the country, but we never had this sort of uniform experience that we all uh, went through collectively. The last time that's probably happened for many people uh, in in our society was was World War II. And there's not many people around now who were around during World War II. We've never had to deal with this shared sacrifice collectively as a society. You know, for you know, over 70 years, and, and here we are now. This is just unbelievable. Uh, and the thing about the coronavirus itself is, I mean, we have to take it serious. I mean, we, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of data uh, on testing. That's probably one of the biggest failings of, uh, of public health officials, of government, and everything like that. But in the absence of that data, we have to act as if everyone is a potential source of the disease. We have to stop the spread. We do not have the capacity to deal with treating everyone. And so we have to stop it now. I mean, and that is a real hard reality for us to take because a lot of us don't feel sick. I mean, I don't feel sick. I don't know a lot of people who are sick. So it's strange to have to actually take uh, measures to protect ourselves and act like everyone's sick. But that's absolutely what we have to do. We just heard today at some... Sunday the 22nd of March, uh, we just heard today that we had our first death in Utah. Uh, the numbers of deaths globally are, are, are continuing to rise. It looks like it's just absolutely terrible in Italy. With the exponential growth that we've seen here of the coronavirus in the United States, you look at that and you can just see it's going to get terrible here. We've had a couple of prominent individuals who've been infected. Um, I just saw that... Um, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul um, has been tested positive. Our own uh, representative here from Utah, not from my district, but from uh, 
from the second congressional district, Ben McAdams, has COVID nineteen. You know, obviously the um, you know it's real people. It's real, and it's uh, it's here. For the longest time, I guess not the longest time, but shortly before the we've uh, taken collective action on social distancing here in the United States. The whole idea of this virus coming was very political because everything in this day and age is seen through a political perspective. With uh, those on the left um, taking the threat seriously and you know sort of buying into the need for social distancing, and those on the right, and quite frankly those aligned with the president, um, seeing it as some sort of hoax. Uh, Luckily, within the past week, we've seen uh, much more of a consensus in this country. I don't think there's a complete consensus, but majorities of people actually agreeing that we need to do something to stop this. So that is good. That's good because the only way we can do this is we have to have collective action. I just fear that in this hyper-partisan political climate, we may not be able to stick together and sort things out collectively. That's one huge fear I have. And I guess to just take a step back, we're not really built for social distancing. By we, I mean humans. Humans and the, and the society we built is this, this thing based on social interactions. I mean, if you look at it at a basic level, the, the fact that we can all go and do specialized work where we don't have to do everything necessarily for our survival, where we get together as a society and trade our skills and our time for other people's skills and time, that's what society is fundamentally based on, and that requires a very large social component to even work. And the benefits are great, but now we've had that foundation taken from us, and we are just not being—we're not built for that. In some ways, though, uh, the social distancing started well before we had the coronavirus outbreak. We've been um, sort of getting very lightweight, uh, we've had our needs for social connections filled in a very hollow way with social networks and, uh, you know, just with technology in general. And I think we've already seen that the results of that being the way we primarily interact have not been good for people's mental health. Um, we see that uh, suicide is, <laughs> is rising. I, I don't know if I'd say it at an exponential level, but it's very high. And... Uh, and it's strange that that's the case, but, but I think we can really tie that into the problems we have with our social interactions. Because forever the, the problem of human history used to be that we had limited resources and not enough food and not enough things to survive on. Now, at least within our Western culture, and here specifically in America, we all have plenty to eat. Even the poorest among us have accessibility to food. We have more to eat than we've ever had before. We have more luxury, more goods, more wealth than we've ever had before, yet we are still depressed. You know, we're suffering from mental anguish. And I think that speaks to this very fundamental need that we have as humans to have our societal interactions, to, to, to get fulfillment from those societal interactions. And I fear that this is sort of pushing us further in that direction. And I hope, you know, with it taking, look, I 100% support social distancing. I'm just saying when we get past this, I think it would be a good opportunity to have a renewed effort to talk with each other, interact with each other, and just spend those moments, you know, divorced from tech, and just be with each other. I hope we can see that. One other thing I want to talk about is school. 
Uh, I've got two um, school-aged children, uh, one in high school, one in elementary, and this has been quite a challenge for them. Um, and I and I see it as being a challenge for their teachers as well. Again, the social component I just talked about, we're doing that in school all, all the time. Um, but now we've got lists of assignments and we're using technology to interact with teachers and the communication isn't as easy and fluid as it is in, in real life. So that's been hard. It's been hard, you know, for, for me, you know, where I've also got to balance work and, uh, and spending time with uh, helping the children with their school work to balance that well. Again, we're all in the same house and we have all those other distractions. Um, and this has just never been done before. Uh, you know, there's, I guess I should take a step back. There has been, we have done remote learning, but in the context of what my kids are doing and how the public school works, a lot of how they're trying to make this work is all brand new. And with anything that's brand new, you get better at it over time once you build an operational capacity to do things well. And so we're just simply not doing this well. And I don't blame the schools. I don't blame my children. I don't blame anyone. It's just new and we don't have, we haven't built up the capacity to do this well. So that's unfortunate. Now they're telling us that school will be closed for two weeks. We've already had one week of school closure with another week coming. And I, I can't see with the exponential growth we're seeing in the coronavirus, our kids actually going back to school. I'm pretty sure that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the rest of the school year is remote. And that is going to be very strange. For my work, uh, we've always been built to work remote. We have you know, VPN access. Everything that we work on in terms of um, the servers and infrastructure that I manage is all, and none of it's actually you know local to 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 where I work, anyway. But but it's still a challenge. It's a challenge because a lot of how work gets done is with those social interactions that you have in office. A lot of those water cooler conversations. What I've tried to do to make work work well for me is to make the day the routine as regular as possible. I've, I've kind of tried to mirror the experience that I have with going into the office. Like I don't want to start the day until I've got dressed and I want to dress the way I would if I were to go into work. Luckily our dress code is non-existent, but I still would dress in ways that I would expect to dress going into work. And I think that's very important. I also have tried as much as possible to sort of stick to uh, regular business hours and I've actually done pretty well with that. In fact, sometimes with the distractions on home, it's easy to step away from that. Um, and, you know, some members on, on the team I work with, they already work remotely, so this is just sort of second half. For, but for those of us that go into the office, I think, I guess I should just speak for me, I think it's been difficult, you know. I like going to work. I like those interactions that we have. Uh, we did, uh, we are doing one thing on my team. We're setting up this sort of virtual water cooler. It's an online uh, place where we can just go and have a video conference that's sort of open. There's no expectation that you join that. You can just come and go as you please. And really, when you're in there, we just talk. It's like we would talk if we were just hanging around in the office. So I think that's a very good thing. Again, we're just trying to simulate that um, experience. And I'm really committed to trying to do that. So the one thing about my work is I'm very lucky to be able to work remotely uh, because that is not the case for many people. Uh, the industries hit the hardest with this have been um, you know, the travel industry, the hospitality, and restaurants. And uh, if you think how, when you think how many service jobs in our economy um, are based on in-person interactions, in fact, that's one of the few things you can't automate is the person-to-person -person connection. It, it makes me sad. It makes me, 
it's almost hard to even think what we do for all those people who are losing their jobs right now. And this isn't like um, this isn't like 2008 when we had a couple of bad actors who did bad things and built a house of cards that came falling down. I mean, these if there is a house of cards, it's that we don't have a good social safety net in the United States. But the people who are working these jobs, you know, are they did nothing wrong. No one did anything wrong here. And, um, you know, pandemics are very much inconvenient and we all are going to have to to suffer here. You know, I, I'm lucky that I have a good job and that, you know, they're able to, it able it's able to work well remotely, but I don't for one minute pretend to think that I'm perfectly safe in my employment because I realize that we're all interconnected here. I mean, if there's anything we should realize from this experience that we all are all interconnected. Things that happen in one place in the world affect the rest of us. And so, you know, I feel for, for my fellow human beings who who don't have the security that a job brings, because that's really the sort of glue that keeps a, keeps someone together, you know, being able to provide for their family and also having that, that, uh, that, that role that brings meaning to their lives. And to see that sort of, so many people where that's at risk, it just makes me sick. I hope we can get back to that soon. <laughs> but we have to balance that with the, um, with the needs of fighting this virus. And I guess I'll say one more thing you know, here. As, um, when we've had times of natural, you know, national tragedy in the past, there's always been something we could do, right? We could get out and do things, help our neighbors, donate to something. Here, though, what we can do is not entirely clear. I mean, because we can't go out and be with people to do things, to, to, to work together. Money always helps, but it's such a broad impact. Like, where do you send the money to, to make the best in, uh, impact? I mean, and, and what do you do? Do you, do you try to go frequent those businesses that are still open? Is that safe? I feel like I want to do that, but, like, what do you do, you know? And when the impact is just so huge, you know? It's nice when you have a localized disaster that you can know, hey, here's where the problem is, here's where I can send money. Here, the vast scale of it's so big, it's, it's hard to know how to help. I think we all want to help. And I think we'll get to a point where we can figure out how to do that. But in moments like this, we, we actually really need to have a good functioning government with legitimacy that can step in and be that social safety net. And that's one thing, unfortunately, we haven't built in this country. So perhaps this will be a way for us to build that. We'll see where that goes. And to sort of wrap this thing up, you know, I say in many ways, 2020 feels like the it's, it's canceled, you know, I, any event you can name that requires people to get together has probably been canceled. And if it hasn't been canceled, it's been converted into a virtual something. And that's going to have to compete with other, re, um, you know, people's attention and just, you know, people surviving. We hear that 15 days is how long this is going to take. The um, Trump administration has a plan for 15 days to sort of stop the spread. I don't think anyone realistically expects that 15 days will be sufficient given the, um, given the exponential growth we've seen. You know, this is, this is asking a World War II style sacrifice for everything that we've had to cancel. Um, and I think we're up to the task. I just, I don't know how, when this goes on for a long time, you know, at one point we'll, uh, what, uh, how much capacity do we have to continue to hold off? We'll have to see. And, and the final thing I want to say here is, is the one thing that I've 
saw that has really made me happy is uh, seeing so many people go outside. Today I went on a bike ride with my kids on the Spanish Fork River Trail. If you've listened to this podcast or just see anything I do, you know I love that river trail. I go on it all the time. And uh, my kids did great. Uh, they they went for about uh, seven or eight miles, which was very good. Um, but the one thing I really liked seeing was so many other people out there. You know, in Utah on Sunday, people generally, you know, stay inside or, or, or do whatever they do for the religious services, right? But uh, religious services are obviously canceled. Um, and again, I go on that river trail so much, I get a sense on how many people are there. I've never seen as many people on that trail as I have today. You know, it's a relatively nice day. It's not super warm, but it's in the 50s. But just having all those people out in nature, um, now granted, you know, obviously we have to do social distancing and hopefully we're not risking that. But it's really fulfilling to see people out there outside just to be outside um happy to see my kids doing it as well and uh, i hope um i hope we can collectively uh rediscover outside and, and how good it is and not just go outside so we can take cute little selfies to share online go outside just to be there and with that i think i'll go ahead and uh end this i'll give more updates later i'm sure uh This will be interesting for me to come back and listen to later to see what this time was like. Thanks.